Hello, Litecoin Underground. Uh, in this episode, we talk a little bit about uh, mining. We talk a little bit about Doge and proof of stake. I'd say the bulk of it, though, is talking about mining. And I think something that's difficult sometimes to understand when you're first getting into crypto is what is the value of this mining? Why are we burning all this energy? And what is it, what is it, what is it actually doing? So if you don't know uh, what these protocols, Bitcoin and Litecoin, are, they're called proof of work. And so just right there in the... In the uh, the description is that what the miners are doing is they are proving to the network um, that they are doing work. And the work that they're doing is they're validating the transactions and they're confirming the blocks. Okay, that's a whole, maybe that's another thing you want to dive into when you get onto YouTube. But essentially, they're providing a service to the users of Bitcoin. So when you spend Bitcoin or Litecoin, they both work the same way. Um, when you spend these assets... Uh, you want to make sure that, or I, I, better yet, when you receive the assets, you want to make sure that you're actually receiving a valid coin. So if somebody sends you a Litecoin, you would hope that what shows up in your wallet is an actual coin that actually exists on the public ledger. And what the blocks do is they validate that. So they work, There's the miners do, they, they're spread throughout the world. And... Um, so in exchange for that service they provide to the users of Litecoin, they get a reward. They get a block reward right now, and they get a fee, a transaction fee. Um, so what's nice is it ensures the two people can interact, exchange value, without any fear of fraud. And the other part of it is that there's no need for any other intermediaries. There's no need for a bank, you know, some sort of bank agent to prevent fraud. There's no payment processor that has to validate uh, that the money was sent to or protect you from some sort of double spend or check bouncing. Uh, there's no government laws or government entities that need to be created to prevent fraud because the system is designed to be 100% accurate. So if somebody is trying to spend a Bitcoin or a Litecoin that doesn't exist, it won't allow it to happen. The miners prevent that from happening by checking the transactions with each block. So just to kind of give you some context of what is going on with mining, if you're getting new, I would recommend going out and finding some people uh, that do some writing. I know Dergigi, D-E-R-G-I-G-I. -G -I. He's a all-Bitcoin guy, but he um, has some very interesting um, writing on this, this type of stuff. And uh, I would just tell you to check it out and Get it, take a deeper dive. So enjoy the episode. And, you know, if there's anything you guys would like us to talk about, send me a message on Twitter. Um, I'm trying my best to keep these chopped up and, and uh, digestible, I like to say, because, you know, we talk for four and a half, five hours in the Twitter spaces, and I want to make them usable for you. I want to make them where you can pop them in on your car ride, and no one wants to sit there for four and a half hours and for, you know, they lose their place and have to come back to it and whatnot. So I'm trying to chop them up a little bit. I may create a channel. I think I'm going to create a channel and just put the full unedited Twitter spaces um, on maybe a different season so you can just consume the whole thing if that's what you want. So uh, thanks again for all the support. Have a good week. All right. What, uh, Srini, you can uh, go ahead while we wait for Al, maybe. Hey, thank you. So can we expect the Litecoin um, hash power to uh, 
reach as much as what bitcoin is today i know it's hovering around 400 terahashes per second which is same uh it's actually probably not likely to get you know uh bitcoin's on a totally different algorithm and master might be able to speak well to this because we've had this discussion so they it's a much more bitcoin's a much more hash intensive algorithm than litecoin litecoin's on the script algorithm and so um from my understanding there's not even equipment out there to get anywhere near where bitcoin is like bitcoin's hash rate is astronomical compared to litecoin but that's because there's the machines out there and it's a much more hash intensive algorithm yeah so yeah <clears throat> For sure, yeah. Litecoin is like more memory intensive, right? And memory memory is like such an expensive computational resource, so like you can't compare the numbers, you know, just like one to one. I don't even know how you would make a comparison. Maybe like you have to look at the cost of hash per dollar. I, I don't even know, but I know you. It, it's it's not helpful at all to try to compare. Litecoin's hash rate to Bitcoin's. I think the the key in this is just looking at how much of the script <clears throat> mining um, is dominated by Litecoin, like the percent dominance versus Bitcoin's SHA-256 dominance. That seems like a more useful metric to, to compare the two. Yeah, so Sri, I don't know if you've done, do you mine or no? Yeah. Okay, so do you mind Litecoin right now or no? No, I don't mind Litecoin, uh, but uh, yeah, I have I've installed the uh, Litecoin uh, software once, but uh, I tried for some time. I didn't get any Litecoin, so I've given up. I think I have very little uh, uh, resources on my laptop, so I've given up. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're not going to be able to do it on a laptop. you got to use an ASIC. Um, the thing I always try to point out to people, because I actually had a discussion with somebody this week about it, is you have to look at, like, there's only so many ASIC machines that are script ASIC miners. And there's only X amount in the world that have ever been made. And so since that's the only real reasonable way to mine Litecoin, the important thing is how many of those machines are mining Litecoin versus another coin on that script algorithm. So I think right now today it's probably 99 plus percent of all ASICs are pointed at Litecoin when it comes to script. So you can't like change, you can't change a Bitcoin miner and flip it over to mining Litecoin. They're two different like computer programs they're running it on. Right. So so if I have to compare, right, how much percentage, like, let's say Bitcoin is in terms of just for the sake of simplicity comparison, right? I'd say on a scale of 100, I would say Bitcoin is 100, 100, 90%, 90 points secure. What is the number Litecoin get it, can get into? Uh, what does it takes to make Litecoin is as secure as network effect as Bitcoin is today? I understand we don't have enough machines you said uh, well, no that, what, I, what i look at it like man this is an interesting this is a, the exact conversation master you were in on this conversation earlier this week what i look at it as look at it as the percentage of miners 
that exist, how many of them are mining the coin you're concerned about? Because your attack vector, your, your weakness comes in if somebody, if a whole bunch of those miners decide they're going to mine something else or that they can go against Litecoin, that they're somehow incentivized to defraud the Litecoin chain. That's what your concern comes in. So something like Bitcoin Cash right now, or what happened to Bitcoin SV, is that there's so many Bitcoin miners out there, they're all in the same algorithm as Bitcoin Cash and Bitcoin SV. If a if 10% of Bitcoin miners, BTC miners, decide to attack BCH, they can do that. And they can essentially create a double spend or I'm not sure what they would exactly do, but that would be a security risk if you're in BCH right now. But it still isn't happening, which I think is really interesting to me. And maybe somebody else in here has some good understanding of why nobody is choosing to be a bad actor and attack some of these coins. It's, it's really, really, really expensive. Right. And so it's that same thing with Litecoin. Like you literally would have to either manifest all the ASICs in the world. You'd have to make enough of them today that to match the hash power that exists today, essentially double the hash power in a day and surprise attack Litecoin or convince 50% of the miners to stop mining Litecoin. Right? Yeah, well, you don't even get any reward either unless you're like performing some double spend attack through an exchange. And exchanges require a certain number of confirmation based on the security level of the network. So like, I don't know, I haven't looked at that in a long time, but it just like the the reward is almost not, nothing. Um, and the cost is pretty high. Nobody wants to waste money. Um, but I think like the other point that, uh, I forgot his name. Yeah. yeah, was making like in terms of how much security would Litecoin hash rate need to get to to be equivalent to Bitcoins? I think you know, as price um, goes up, if if Litecoin Bitcoin ratio ever reached like 0.25 to one, such that their market caps were equal, you would see equivalent hash rate <clears throat> be moved up in the Litecoin network. I, I don't know how fast, how long it would take to get the manufacturing process and that hardware um online but eventually right like it hash rate just follows price if, if there's more demand for the chain security goes up um, more people are mining it the 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 total cost um of mining increases along with that hash rate and eventually because this is a globally competitive market like profits go to zero so it's <clears throat> it really follows price i i think until Bitcoin fees like reach a level to where it prices out enough transactions such that Litecoin price starts really appreciating against Bitcoin, you're not going to see hash rate or the security level encroach on Bitcoins. But eventually, I think you probably will. I think eventually they could reach equal absolute security levels. So you made, what, made, what you made me think about with like, I think it would be an interesting way to look at it when you talk about memory intensive versus as hash intensive on at SHA is how many dollars are invested in securing the Litecoin network today versus what's the market cap of, of Litecoin. And then yeah. how many <clears throat> dollars are invested in Bitcoin versus the market cap of Bitcoin? Because right now, obviously it's a hundred times, you know, Bitcoin's like a hundred X 
plus on the market cap, right? Yeah, I was just looking at rewards last 24 hours for Litecoin about a million dollars, and Bitcoin's is like 45 million. Let's see. Right, uh, so you would say that the actual, that that would mean Litecoin has more dollars per market cap dollar invested in security than Bitcoin does. Um, what's is the market cap more than 45 or more than 45x difference? Uh, I think it's 100x. Or not almost, almost. It's a uh, yeah. So maybe, but maybe if it'd be perfect, since, right? I, I, you might have to include Dogecoin market cap with it because I, I don't know how that works. But right, we got because of the merge mining aspect and getting Doge rewards. So I'm not sure. Like, all right. Well, Indigo and Jay both came up. So if you guys want to, you might have something to say. We sorry, we kind of took over there. <laughs> uh, just to 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 say a statement on, on the whole mining and security aspects of things. Uh, a good comparison is comparing it to Bitcoin and Bitcoin cash. So Bitcoin cash has, you know, approximately 2%. It's probably even less now, but it's probably one and a half percent dominance of the SHA-256 algorithm. So if you wanted to attack, say, the, all the Bitcoin miners of the world or a, a large pool of Bitcoin miners wanted to attack Bitcoin Cash, it would be very simple to do that. But because Litecoin was very cleverly built on its own script algorithm, it has dominance, like a 99% dominance of the algorithm and there's no incentive for Litecoin miners to attack Litecoin. So the security there is really, really strong because of the way that it's devised. Whereas these smaller tokens that are already built on 256 are, are more vulnerable to an attack because there are people out there that could have some sort of incentive to do that. If you're sitting there happy to mine Litecoin and it's still very profitable, then you know, you're not going to stop doing that to go and attack your own thing that you're trying to make money off of and, and try and discredit. And that's probably the thing preventing the Bcash from being attacked is that Bitcoin mining is profitable right now. So there's no why, – why be a bad actor if you don't have to be? You got the equipment. You're making money. Knock yourself out, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Indigo, do you want to say something? I think you guys touched on it pretty well. Um, the only thing I would add is that uh, I think this is called the Nakamoto consensus. And, you know, Bitcoin has that, Litecoin has that, even Dogecoin has it. Um, I know that uh, back in the day, back in 2010, uh, Satoshi Nakamoto, Hal Finney, they worked on merge mining uh, so that, uh, you know, other uh, chains that were created would not compete for the hashing power uh, with Bitcoin at that time. But, um, yeah, no, you guys, uh, that was all the points that I was thinking of touching on uh, were answered. So, yeah, that's about all I got to add. All right. Big Chief is raising his hand. What's up, Big Chief? Yeah. Hey, guys. Uh, I, I, I just jumped to the room um 
I guess uh, I didn't. I don't know what you guys are really talking about, but I'd like to talk about NFTs if we could. Um, I've been kind of into the Omni thing real deep. Um, yeah, but you know what? Hang on one sec. Only because 2F, has, boy, his name's Village Idiot. If two for one, do you have something you want to say about the mining or do you have something before we switch subjects? Uh, yeah, just a quick question about the mining. Are you guys aware of any of these uh, public companies that are uh, running any uh, Litecoin machines? That might be a J question. I I often wonder that. Like you're talking about like the big mining companies. They're all, they're always called Bitcoin miners, but I always assume they have Litecoin mining equipment. Again, why yeah, the, not profitable, right? Yeah, the um, publicly traded companies. Uh, you know, I guess probably been following that with Bitcoin. I mean, it it seems advantageous because I think a lot of those organizations are tending to hold uh, a lot of their coins because they're getting that public funding. I was just kind of curious if anybody might know. Yeah, I, I don't personally, but go ahead, Jay. Uh, well, there's a company called Hello Pal. Um, I've got to recall all this stuff off the top of my head, so forgive me if I'm just kind of paraphrasing here. But um, they recently bought a whole contingent of L7s, and the L7 is the new ant miner, super miner that is 20 times more powerful than my old L3 Plus that seems archaic now compared to this L7. Um, uh, and I think Hello Pal bought, I don't even know how many of them, but um, they're a, you know, they're a, a kind of a mining facility and have mining assets and they raised um, some money. It's all based in, in Canada, which obviously has a cooler climate, which is to their benefit. And I believe that, uh, you know, their whole initiative is um, somewhat sustainable. Um, as I recall, it was, you know, an interesting sustainable activity. So, um, yes, there are, there are mining facilities that, you know, have the wherewithal to buy new equipment. Um, there are, you know, there's, there are a lot of mining facilities that are more, private in nature um they're not publicizing themselves or you know trying to call any attention to themselves particularly if they're in you know a developing country or something like that so uh um, but i you know i think i think the majority of activity really comes from um enthusiasts yeah i, I was really interested this week um was it intel right they are, I guess, committing to developing a low a low voltage ASIC chip for mining, which I thought was interesting. They specified low voltage, um, and it's for Bitcoin now. But obviously, hopefully, at some point, it comes to Litecoin as well. Uh, that to me interests me. I wonder. I didn't get a chance to read too in depth about it, but I don't know if their aim is for more of at home mining or smaller operations that aren't these, you know, there's a, there's a thing out there. I brought this up a, uh, with master. I was talking to you about this. I think that there were these, if you go on Bitmain, there's a router slash Litecoin miner, meaning like you're just your wireless router that you use for your internet. You plug it in, 
and it mines a minuscule amount of Litecoin. They've advertised these things for years, but they never actually have come out with them yet. But that's what I would love to see somebody like Intel develop, something really small where your average user can spend a couple hundred bucks, get a secondary use out of it, and be securing the network and really decentralize this thing. Uh, for me, it's it's them trying to take advantage of a market demand. Um, you know, Intel's competition isn't only like other chip makers. It, it's also the, the kind of graphic units of this world that become scarce as well. And, and seeing this huge scarcity with uh, GPUs and GPU acquisitions and, and their manufacturing strategy for that. Intel can try to come out with something that also mines and becomes attractive to a whole wide array of, of enthusiasts and people that would want to mine Bitcoin specifically. So I, I think it's people sitting in the boardroom saying, wow, what's, what's the biggest chance we got at selling a new product? Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. It's Intel's interesting because ever since it, they got this like new CEO, this Pat Gelsinger guy, they've been like promising all these different things and in various different business ventures that they had been failing. Like they weren't even really running a foundry business or like a chip making business. They had kind of like failed, and TSMC and Samsung were kind of dominating. And who knows? It seems like to me that they're just trying to rebrand themselves. So I'm not like super confident that they'll pull it off but it's it's interesting and, and like on the home mining thing i'm super bullish on that because i think long term um if you do run into a currency crisis and governments start banning or whatever like I, I pointed that out people disagree with me but i think home mining then would be like super profitable and very valuable to securing the network ultimately well i, I, think, I, th I think like as, as far as the business goes like like you mentioned jay enthusiasts right so if i can my normal router costs me 75 bucks, whatever it is, some device in your house. I can spend 250 bucks to, to buy a, a miner. I'm not necessarily looking for it to pay out big over the course of my, of my life. If it doesn't make a lot of noise, it doesn't cause me a major inconvenience. I'm an enthusiast. I might do it to my, to support the network and, and Hey, it's cool. I'm mining some coins. And, uh, I could see that being much more profitable. Like, hey, I, Intel can make a machine for twenty bucks and sell it for two fifty. Where if they're selling to these major mining uh, uh, houses, they'd be very competitive. Their profit margins are going to get much smaller, and their and also their target market becomes much smaller when the machine makes a shit ton of noise and creates a bunch of heat. There's a lot of people that don't want to do that, you know. So the idea is going to be. How do you get as many people feeling comfortable they're running this machine and it's no inconvenience to them? Um, Bill, I promise you, or was it Big Bill, Big Chief? I promise we're going to come back to NFTs. Or I want to say something about this about, or no? Yeah, because um, this, I mean, like what um, Elon Musk said about using it for an HVAC system and heating your house. Uh, I don't know if you guys seen that, but yeah. That that is, uh, I think that's it's an ingenious solution. I'd say about eighty percent of my heat in my house comes from mining equipment right now, and twenty percent comes from propane. 
And last year, 100% of my meat came from propane. And this year, the propane expenses are up 60%. So I, I'd say there's a lot of people, if they, especially in northern climates, that have furnaces. There'll be, uh, you just you could just um, take out, like, electric heating elements out of your furnace and put in mining equipment and then force the air through that. And then whenever your furnace calls for heat, you start mining Litecoin and creating totally. heat and heating out. I mean, you could wear, so, like, if you don't in a large factory you could heat your factory you could heat a warehouse with this stuff I mean, you could heat it, a whole town a municipal, it's crazy like, yeah there used to be municipal heat up here like there used to be lots of the small towns had uh heat lines that ran under the roads and they would heat the houses using a glycol system and there could be the city could be running a mining facility creating heat and then selling that heat not only are they making money off of the uh the Litecoin itself, but they're also they can also make money off the uh, the heat that they sell. Wait, real pause, real quick. Who city heat on a glycol system? Where is this happening? Uh, yeah, that's back in the in the probably a hundred years ago. I'd say they they had these. They all these systems are gone now. Okay, I don't even talk. <laughs> I mean, well, actually, <laughs> no, makes sense. Makes sense. I know what you're talking about, but yeah. Minneapolis, Minnesota, they have a glycol system. They have uh, they have municipal heat in Minneapolis downtown that heats all the skyscrapers and uh, uh, walkways and stuff like that. No kidding. But they're, they they kind of got phased out. But even like small towns like Bemidji, Minnesota, they had a glycol system that ran throughout the whole entire city. Um, they don't have that anymore. But it could be readopted. Well, you, I mean, you could easily do public buildings. I mean businesses that are open 24 hours a day and like i said warehouses are i mean look yeah, yeah. if you live in a northern a climate, million places. five months out of the year you're running a serious amount of heat so it's just a free it's a free byproduct you know yep yeah that's actually what i wanted to say i think economies of scale still plays out here uh the one solution that i heard uh that i thought that was better than housing or like an individual house uh, were uh, were apartment buildings so, you know, if you were to be gone for any period of time, a weekend, or if you're gone for vacation, you know, you don't, you're going to turn off your miners because you don't want to waste energy for heating an empty house, or you could run it, but then you're kind of just, you know, you're, you're losing out on that benefit of uh, heating the house and also earning money. It's just earning money at that point. If you own the apartment building, you could run the miners, charge some sort of flat rate for heat. And you're just pumping it up through the air ducts, you know? Yeah, and right. you can lock in their prices. You could lock in their prices for like uh, maybe five years or something like that. And, and this you could undercut. Come... Yep, go ahead. Sorry. You could undercut other the other sources of heat, like propane or whatever. You could say, well, what's your current price of, of heat? We'll undercut that by 25%, and then we'll lock you in for the next three years. Yeah, this is all yeah. the things that stability brings. You know, that's been the, I think that's the biggest difficulty is the instability of, I'm going to say price, right? <laughs> the, the up and down, right? The, the unpredictability as, as, as Bitcoin becomes and Litecoin become more uh, a, a station of permanence of our lives and a predictable thing, then all these things become possible. Uh, two, two for, you have your hand up. What's up, man? 
Uh, yeah, maybe a little off the topic, but I was the, to those that are following Elon, uh, has he mentioned anything about uh, nodes uh, with relation to uh, Starlink? Uh, that would probably apply to maybe Bitcoin and Doge, but um, just wondering if anybody had heard him reference any of that. No. Not that I've heard of. I've just heard rumors. But I'm currently running Starlink, and um, uh, and I've got Litecoin Omni running, and I and I had Litecoin um, Core running, and I was unable to forward my port, so I, I wouldn't I wasn't live on the network. Um, so yeah, they got to fix that thing before. I mean, they're obviously they don't even allow their users to run nodes at this point in time. I mean, while we're talking Elon and we're talking outer space, I think outer space mining is actually going to be the future. If you want my <laughs> super future solar collecting low temp mining out in outer space, securing the network, I think that will come. Uh, Srini, what's up? So is it fair to say the stronger, I know we don't have... Uh... Of Litecoin uh, family don't have Elon, but indirectly, is it fair to say uh, the stronger Dogecoin grows, it benefits Litecoin too because of the merge mining? Is that statement true? I 100% believe that. Uh, you know, I asked, I've said this repeatedly. If Charlie Lee ever comes in here, this is what I want to talk to him about. I want to understand merge mining. And it's not Indigo, it sounds like you've done more research than uh, maybe any of us. But Jay is in here. He works with the foundation. I put word out to Charlie this week. Jay, you got to bring him in here to talk about merge mining at some point in time. Because I, to me, this is one of the more interesting aspects of Litecoin. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I actually told everybody about uh, – everybody at the foundation knows about this Litecoin underground thing. And we're – we're all behind you and promoting it and helping out Charlie. Uh, you know, maybe it's Charlie's dinner time. I don't know. No, it's fine. I, I, I'm not, <laughs> it'll happen eventually. If we keep doing these things, I'm not worried. about that. Hey guys, how's it going? What's up master? Oh, not too much, man. How you doing? Hey, hey I, I'm, gl I'm glad to hear you not with your five screaming children. Uh, I have, <laughs> I have two, I have two kids. I just set them down. My life's a gymnastic, but, um, they're playing. What I was going to say, though, about Charlie is that, uh, that he's he's super busy, I think, this week with uh, MWeb. I saw somewhere I that, I yeah, I saw somewhere that I think he's, they're having daily meetings on it. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty exciting time for MWeb, definitely. But earlier, somebody mentioned something about public companies mining Litecoin. Yeah. And yeah, Hello Pal was the first one that came to mind that, that Jay mentioned. But the other one that I found was BitFarms. So if you go back to BitFarms, I think um, I think their quarterly reports, one of them, they I think it was 2019. It's been a while, but 2019, they mined a bunch of Litecoin. And then I recently read their filings that said that they, um, they purchased a bunch of miners and they weren't going to get them till like late 2021 or 2022. And you can kind of read into that because the L7s aren't really, I don't think they've been released yet. And I think that just this week, um, 
Bitmain released something that said, hey, we're going to be delayed further on the L7s. So it kind of leads me to think that, you know, I'm putting two and two together. Uh, and I do kind of have an insight uh, into BitFarms a little bit. Uh, I had kind of a crazy idea. I was trying to partner to, to, to scale up a really large mining operation on the Columbia River in Washington. Uh, it just didn't work out with some people I was partnering with. But uh, anyways, the, the people who run that, um, they ended up par partnering with BitFarms. Um, and so I've been chatting with him. He didn't know, he doesn't even know much about like Doge or Litecoin that they were even merge mine. So I got their ear. Uh, obviously the folks at BitFarms already know this, but he was, he's like a consultant for them. Um, so I think BitFarms is mining Litecoin. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, as long as it's profitable. Well, yeah. You're, you're, you're building a profitable. facility. Why wouldn't you diversify into it? You know? Yeah, the other the other thing too I was going to jump in on was the hash rate, right? So, a gentleman talked about the hash rate. Uh, I think it was Srini, possibly, yep. about the hash rate of Litecoin versus Bitcoin. If you look at early on Litecoin hash rate, um, it it tracks Bitcoins by about four years apart. So if you you know so if you look at the hash rate of Bitcoin four years prior, it was pretty close. You know, since then, that, that gap's definitely widened. Um, and if you look at Litecoin's hash rate, it's pretty much just been flatlined. If you look at a log chart, it's flatlined since 2017. So what happened in 2017? The L3s were released. Um, that's probably one reason why we saw that kind of large step change. Um, we haven't seen that. Why? Because we haven't got new Litecoin miners, right? They've only tweaked the, the L3, making L3 pluses. There's a couple other miners, but there's no powerful new miners that have came out for Litecoin. So I think that's kind of why hash has been kind of flatlined. And, you know, some people think that hash rate follows price. I think they're kind of interchangeable. Um, and I expect, I really expect hash rate to just fly. Um, it's it's probably going to just, I, I don't know what percentage is going to increase, but when it does, I think, and I think that's kind of why you're seeing some of these big players start to position. Um, you've seen some large whales recently. Uh, and I, I don't know if you guys know, but Samson Mao uh, and Max Kaiser were in El Salvador when, you know, when, um, when Charlie was down there. Um, and so, you know, I'm just putting it all together. I think it looks like uh, even while, when, when they were down there, uh, hash rate for Litecoin, you know, Dogecoin network, it went off the charts. It was like, almost 500 uh, i think it was terahash at the, at the time per second i think we're back down to like 300 something that's a huge increase that happened in one day and it happened while those guys were down there it's I, I don't know what that means if it was a signal if they turned some miners on just to rent you know if they said hey to ramp them all up right now who knows but for me it was a sign that you know you got charlie down there in el salvador there's a volcano you got uh you got el salvador president talking about a huge um uh, I think I think mining operation going to be starting soon. I'm just kind of putting all this together, you know. Um, like I earlier, we're talking about flaming hot Doritos, right? So lava, yeah, yeah, volcanoes. Yeah. It's all coming together. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, so, so there's something, <laughs> something's going down with Litecoin mining. I think. Um, so I don't know, man. This exciting so time. We're gonna have within about a month or within within let's say the first quarter. You're going to have MWeb um, 
We obviously have OmniLight is coming to life. L7s are going to come online. Yeah. Uh, those are all pretty major events. I, I do. I think the L7, is, I'm going to be interested to see what happens with it. Um, personally, I would like to see uh, the price stay low for a while. So somebody gets an L7, they decide they want to offload it for cheap because I think those things are going to be insane uh, coin producing machines <laughs> in the short term. In the very yeah, we're state. not allowed to talk about price, but no, we're not. Yeah, we're not allowed to talk about price. Um, yeah, the chances Bitcoin of... ratio. You want to talk about Bitcoin ratio? I'll talk about that. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> well, hang on. Uh, all right, two for. Why don't you you get something, and then I want to give uh, Maximalist a chance here after you. What's up, two for? Yeah, I think I saw something the other day about uh, Dogecoin maybe going to proof of stake, some kind of collaboration with Ethereum. I don't know if there's – is there any validity to that? And I'm just kind of – I don't know if concerned is really the word. Uh, I know it's a, a popular, uh, you know, bean coin or whatever, been around for a long time. And, I mean, a lot of people would kind of get a little maybe upset about Elon, I don't know, whatever you want to say, shilling it or promoting it or whatever, but – I mean, to me, it seemed kind of like, well, yeah, if somebody's merge mining Litecoin and Dogecoin uh, and they're trying to pay their expenses, well, maybe it's not such a bad thing if they're, you know, going to gonna uh, maybe liquidate some of that Doge to, to pay for that while they hang on to their Litecoin. I mean, I, I have no idea, but is, does anybody know if there's any what, – what's going on with that? Is that just a rumor or – anyway, just another another question. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I, I can speak to that. Oh, go ahead. What I, what I was going to say was, yeah, if you if you actually go to Doge, Doge.org, they actually have a pretty good, they call it like a trail map, which is their kind of roadmap for, for Dogecoin. And yeah, I think it is on there. You got to realize it's a decentralized project, right? So, um, I mean, it's in the future, maybe Litecoin goes to something, uh, a different consensus mechanism. Who knows? But... Even if Doge were to go to proof of stake, um, the 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 existing chain today that's just software running, right? So I, I don't see why Doge would go away, right? So there's still going to be a bunch of people that are going to say, well, we don't want, we're not going to support Doge going to proof of stake. Uh, we're going to still run the proof of work um, that's merged with Litecoin, um, and we're going to collect these Doge coins over here. So I, I don't necessarily see it. Um, as a problem, it'd be like I mean, a fork. You, right? Yeah, sure, right? Just be a fork. Well, so I, yeah, I don't even know what would need to happen in order for that to actually. I mean, a hard fork would be. I mean, yeah, a hard anybody fork. could do that, right? A very short, a very small group could create a hard fork, Dogecoin yeah. Cash or whatever, right? Um, I, I I don't know what would need to have to happen for that to go through. To me. It I guess was, I'm in the dark about it. I don't see the incentive of being there for anybody to support it. They it could make probably, a Doge. Uh, could they make a Doge token on Ethereum and then like have a wrapped Doge token or like a Doge token on Ethereum that's backed in? I the guess. Dogecoin? Yeah, I mean, you could create a token out of thin air anywhere. Yeah, Basically I mean, I'd, a tether. Yeah, Doge. I'm not. I'm not quite sure. It, it would have if 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 Elon got behind it and told the masses this is the new dogecoin um that so they should see because i don't know how many of them 
I think a good chunk of them are aware of how this all works. Right? They, they could put a mechanism in place that is an ex, you know, an, a one-for-one one exchange deposit. There's a couple of blockchains that were the, you know, the be-all to end-all, like super new blockchains in the top 10. Um, one started with a T, one started with an E, and they both launched as kind of a ERC-20 token raised billions each and then they made their own blockchain with all that money and then have ever since then been slowly dwindling down into the the never reaches of the 40s and 50s of market capitalization so um, you they could very easily launch proof of stake which would be oh yeah let's just print all the money that we want and we'll make a really flashy white paper that says that we get 20% to power all the, you know, the 2,000 developers that we need to, you know, make Doge proof of stake wonderful for the next five years. And everybody could deposit, you know, Doge proof of work. And in exchange, they would get Doge proof of stake. I don't know if that's going to happen, but that's just off the top of my head the way I would do it. Yeah, and, uh, does the market support that or do they care about that? Does it ultimately almost become uh, like this world coin that came out where everyone goes, oh, yeah, whatever, and just nobody gives a shit? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's not, yeah. you're not the OG Dogecoin. Like, to me, Dogecoiners are probably pretty committed to the original chain. I don't, I, I don't get the mentality that they're 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 not budging. I guarantee you, seventy five percent of those people have no idea what proof of work is. I get it, or or they, never even heard are, of. Why would you want to own an offshoot of Dogecoin when you could own the original? Right. All right. Litecoin Maximalist has been waiting a while. I think most What's people up, own their Dogecoin on Robinhood, and Robinhood may or may not even hold their dogecoin yeah they have 32 percent of the dogecoin but uh they may not actually i mean there may be more ownership of dogecoin within the retail investor class on Robinhood than 32 percent of the dogecoin i don't know i'm not underestimating that community man i keep i i listen to those people they got dude they I'm not saying they're like crypto experts in any way, shape, or form, but there's there's Twitter spaces going on 24 hours a day with Dogecoiners. Well, there's a culture, yeah. there's a culture there. Well, you have to realize do Elon, only good every day. Well, Elon has a uh, massive. He now has 70 million followers, right? So just himself, he's a culture, right? And you never want to bet against Elon at all, ever. <laughs> yeah. He's, a, he's an anomaly, for sure. No, that's, All right, Max, that's... hang on, hang on. Litecoin Maximus has been waiting, like, very patiently. What's up, man? Hey, what's up, guys? What's up, Master? Finally, we got to talk even uh, over here. Um, I just want to say uh, two things, or one thing. Um, so, so some of you guys uh, might know I've been working with this company, and uh, it, I talked to Master about it, 
they are trying to get a lot of uh, Mexican artists in, uh, on, onto NFTs. And I'm trying to push NFTs on Litecoin. So I, I want to keep you guys up to date on that. And also, uh, this company asked me to do the math on, um, on how profitable it will be to mine or what kind of equipment you, uh, you will require. And out of probably 10 machines that I quoted, uh, the, the only coin that gets you your money back in less than a year, it's Litecoin. It's not Bitcoin, it's Litecoin. Uh, and usually you will get uh, your money back in less than a year if you mine uh, Litecoin with, with Dogecoin. And if you start mining Bitcoin, it takes you about a year and a half to pay up uh, the machine. I just want to say that because because of the uh, topic. Right. No, why like why Litecoin said it? Over time, profit margins get extremely slim as people find cheap energy and um, yeah, it, mining's a tough game. I did it. It's tough. It's very tough to make make it profitable, but um, yeah, Master, do you talk to Lightcoin Maximalista? Do you guys know yeah. each other? Or no, we we just oh. been chatting. We just been chatting through DMs. Yeah, he's doing great yeah. things down there, man. Oh Lightcoin. yeah, it's, I'm looking forward to this Litecoin City down there. It's pretty exciting. It sounds way cooler than Bitcoin City. <laughs> Litecoin City. I think they're both cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need the Lightning Network. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, I think that's coming. It's all coming. I think anywhere, if you were to track everywhere Bitcoin goes, Litecoin goes. We're not far behind. Um, all right, I'm going to bring Henry. Well, Henry Neal, you came up. I just want to see if you're if you want to talk because you came up a while ago. I want to give everybody a chance to talk when they come up. Yeah, I had something to say. Um since there's a hard cap on um, Litecoin and there's not one on Doge, um, so theoretically they just can print as much as they want, or how does that work? Does anybody know? Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I was... that, that's how it works. It, it, uh, the blockchain prints or mints 10,000 Doge every minute. Yeah. Um, I, I, I have this conspiracy theory about why Elon Musk pushes Dogecoin so much. It is what Where is that to fiat the most. Well, let's we can we can table a conspiracy theory, but just just yeah. for a straight answer. Um, yeah, it, it, it for... is like you said, ten thousand a minute, right? Yeah, and that never that never ends. So Dogecoin no. will create ten thousand. Dogecoin every minute that is in the protocol or the code. Um, yeah, and I almost, I'm glad Indigo wants to come up because he'll explain it very well. But Indigo, what I like about you, I feel like you're, I can just, it's like pressing play when it comes to Dogecoin and Litecoin. Somebody has a question about these two chains together. I bring up Indigo, I press play, and he can knock out the technicals. It's fantastic. <laughs> But go yeah so all right, it's a it's been, I look at it as a fixed inflation is what I I view it as. But go ahead, Indigo. Well, 
uh, it's technically not fixed because um, you know as the supply supply continues to increase, the issuance rate is fixed. Uh, but because of that, it technically is still disinflationary, just albeit slower than Bitcoin and Litecoin. Um, and uh, this is like trying to remember something from 10 years ago uh, when I studied economics, but um, I think that they mentioned you do want the inflation rate of a currency to be close to the GDP of a country to kind of make it as stable as possible. Um, so you don't have to deal with like, you know, uh, prices changing all the time or something like that. Uh, so in some regards, I know I, I, I listened to Master Shed that link to me, but his uh, talk with, um, shoot, what's that guy's name? The Russian guy, I think, in the suit. But uh, Elon Musk said it's not perfect. You know, it's not ideal, but it's, a, it's closer towards that, I think is what he was trying to get at. Um, and the other thing I want to say, though, is like, we could expect over time the fee for Litecoin to increase, and I think that for a lot of people in the developing country, uh, that on-chain fee would eventually be just like the same issue with Bitcoin, uh, uh, not economical for people to do on-chain transactions. So I do think that layer two is a solution we do need, um, and it's just something right now that's not necessary for Litecoin. Hundred percent. You guys want to say, Jay? Yeah, I mean, there's a few things that you guys kind of have talked about, and they they kind of intertwine themselves together. So, you know, the future of Do Dogecoin is that they've put together an elaborate board of big, very big names, including Valutic and and Elon. Um, so, if they do move proof of stake, which I would say is inevitable. Um, they're going to move the proof of stake and kind of this way that we think about Doge existing right now will be completely different, however they envision it. And, you know, granted, they're very, very smart people and can probably figure it out, but they're not dedicated to this project. They're, they're off and very dedicated to their other projects. So the most they're ever going to put towards this is a very, very small section of time. But they will sprinkle it with development people. So those are the people that will figure it out. So us trying to decide where Doge is going, I think, is kind of irrelevant until they reveal their strategy. Um, in, in the sense of what exists now and, and merge mining, um, you know, Doge and Litecoin can be merge mined together. And the kind of process that you do that through is auxiliary proof of work. So I won't bore you with all the technical stuff about it. But basically, you say, I want to mine Litecoin. And you kind of also boost the Dogecoin hash rate. And thus, people that want to mine, mine Dogecoin, they can merge mine and boost the hash rate of Litecoin. So it, it is a security play in that the hash rates get boosted by the parent chain. And and of course, you know, the the long story short is that it becomes more profitable. So right now we're living in an era where despite the history, which you can read about, um, 
Dogecoin has gone through this process where it has a fan and that fan has a great voice and he doesn't necessarily understand that he's just fanboying this meme coin for fun and teaching entire generation to not look at real fundamentals. So in some respects, merge mining is a, is a, is a great benefit now. And if Dogecoin goes off and goes to proof of stake, they'll be in a, a totally different realm from here on out. And I think Litecoin will, will do well in that scenario because of two things. One is we're not, you know, we're not a group of, of people that have exerial, you know, alternative or, you know, play projects. Uh, Litecoin is our, our main focus. And that goes for, for Charlie as well. I mean, Charlie has a lot of things that he's involved in, but Litecoin is his baby and he will always dedicate more time to that. That's his, you know, one of his primary focuses in life is his creation. So I think, I think a lot of these, the Dogecoiners are missing out on something very special. And that is doing what a lot of people in the Litecoin community, particularly these, this group of people are doing, which is considering all the angles. You know, when you see a very narrow-minded, one-coin type focus, it seems dis- disingenuous. It seems unauthentic. And that's something very special about this community is they're more than willing to consider the various options that are presented in front of them, especially if it benefits, you know, all parties involved. Yeah, I I, I think like, I think Doge, um, I feel like it comes up every single week in these groups. Um, I'm not going to undersell that community. I don't. I keep, I don't know why I know, look, I understand it's very meme oriented, but I don't feel there's, um, I kind of feel like they have the right, uh, they're, they have their head in the right place somewhere. I don't know why there's something about it. I just, I just, I keep feeling like these are the, and when you talk about, Hey, they don't, you know, they don't understand proof of work. Yeah. Today they don't, but did it, did they stumbled into this place, and here they are. And uh, I, I just keep saying, "Hey, I want to welcome these people in." And like you said, if they—I mean, if they went to proof of stake. To me, I think Dogecoin becomes just another coin on the pile. Like once the meme energy runs out, it's over, you know. And uh, proof of work. There's only—I mean, how many proof of work coins are there even out there anymore that are in the top? Hundred, not very many. Top two hundred, three hundred. There's just very few that even exist. They've all because proof of stake's the easy way out. It's the easy way to pump your market cap. Um, you know. So, uh, who is it that somebody had a really good? Oh man, somebody had there. Ah, it's one of our Litecoin normal Litecoin people that had a really good point about proof of stake. Something like, hey, I make uh, I make a thousand coins. I sell a hundred of them at a dollar, 
and then I promise you I'll give you one coin a month as an incentive to stake your coins so that you don't sell them while I go and sell the other 900 of them, right? Like, it's just, it's a total, it's putting incentive structures in the wrong places. But Srini, you wanted to say something. Go ahead, man. Yeah. So I've been following Dogecoin as well a lot, but I think if you see Elon is never a fan of POS, especially the fight again we see with Jack Dorsey initiated, he was supporting that. Uh, as uh, Jay mentioned, uh, and you've been saying that, you know, if POS doesn't follow Nakamoto consensus, they are losing the security, right? And the whole dynamics will change if they switch to POW to POS. And I, I just ruin the reputation, new controversies. And moreover, Elon is never a fan of proof of stake. So I don't see any reason they will switch to POS. That's my few cents. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. I don't see the advantage to it. You're already... There's almost no cost of security for them, right? They yeah, get their if they back on Litecoin, so why would you, why mess that up? For and what? if they, what's the if game? They're, right? If their tokens required, right, on Ethereum or any chain, there are already enough docs available, like Shiba Coin, Shiba Coin, whatever, right? Dogecoin will become another kind of token uh, if they are moving to Ethereum. Um, so absolutely, they are not switching to Ethereum or Solana or any any smart contracts platform. Uh, also, I would like to put one thought process here, just ambitious one. Uh, I know the Litecoin is, you know, I'm, I'm not an expert, not in a position to even uh, suggest you all Litecoin experts. But one thought process is, uh, since the uh, Turing incompleteness of Bitcoin or Litecoin, right, is kind of stopping us to uh, build the smart contracts uh, any any possibilities that uh, Litecoin in the future uh, switch to not proof of stake, but any other Nakamoto consensus, uh, which will enable a lot of uh, other futures, especially one which uh, I'm not sure if I can talk about other blockchains, but uh, Litecoin still remains my on top forever. But this other proof of uh, that consensus algorithm, which is really promising, I've been following it, is a proof of space and time, which is from Bram Cohen. is the creator of BitTorrent. And even if you see the uh, Satoshi Nakamoto white paper on Bitcoin, he kind of mentions uh, BitTorrent is the, he want to create a monetary policy similar to BitTorrent. In fact, the bit from the Bitcoin, he took from BitTorrent. So the guy is very authentic, very technical. So he created a new... After Bitcoin, I think it's the first uh, new Nakamoto consensus out there. Pretty smart guy, uh, honest guy. So the question to Jay and Litecoin experts is, what is the possibility to go away from proof of work to something like any Nakamoto consensus, not proof of space, I call proof of shitty. That thing is just another fiat world. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, so... Yeah, that's a question to Jay or any Litecoin experts out there. Maybe Charlie would have been a right person to answer, but I think I think I think the um, the uh, project you're talking about is Chia. That's correct. That's, that's correct. Um, so yeah, Chia's. I, I think Chia actually is a uh, taking advantage of people's hard disk space. Um, so it was it was very 
popular initially launched um, idea. Uh, and yeah, proof of space time is I mean, basically kind of a, a consensus layer gimmick, but it sounds really, really cool, especially someone like me that likes theoretical physics and, you know, the whole idea that, you know, there's this per permissionless consensus protocol was was kind of new when she was she was started. Now with DAOs, it's it's like anybody can build a DAO in a couple of hours. Um, but there is a you know a specific kind of mining aspect of mining chia that that is kind of attractive to people because they can earn it themselves by dedicating space to the the consensus. Um, but also, Litecoin. Is, sorry, just one. I want to say, Chia destroys hard drives, so don't don't start mining it. It's really bad for your hard drive. Sorry, just want to say that. Yeah, that's that's good to know because I've thought about it, but I never actually did it. Um, so the the answer to your question is: there any evolution of Litecoin that's going to happen that we should look out for? And uh, yes, you know, and there's a lot of public awareness that the foundation has brought to um, our looking at how to kind of evolve Litecoin into smart contracts. There was a lot of discussions with Cardano about a velvet fork um, and look up velvet fork because it's not a hard fork and the foundation is not very interested in having a hard fork, but a velvet fork is kind of attractive and the idea of having uh, a smart contract uh, scenario with Cardano is also very attractive, and I think it's very attractive to Cardano as well. Um, you know, since we have this, you know, insane activity on Litecoin, uh, it would it would go hand in hand with the credibility that Cardano brings in smart contracts. If and when you know they tend to be more robust. Um, there's a lot of uh, people that can look at DeFi options, smart contract options, um, other types of scenarios where Litecoin is is utilized, like pools, and um, I think ThorChain has a whole thing that that is on Litecoin now. Um, so there's there's ways to you know profit from your existing Litecoin that you have. I don't recommend any of them um, because obviously there's added risk involved and I wouldn't want anybody to put themselves in a situation where, you know, they're risking something for a few percent. Um, but it is there and it, it is evolving and there's, you know, a number of different, a number of different ones that, that have launched, including uh, Tron, uh, boring Dow. Um, you got to remember them all now, uh, and I think Thor Chain as well. And there's there's one more that a big one that I'm forgetting. But well, it's interesting you brought up Thor Chain. Thor Chain, by the way, added Doge this week. So, you know, <laughs> coincidentally, yeah. I have, <clears throat> I have some. I have very few coins in there, like three or four Litecoin in there. <clears throat> but um, there was a exchange that got hacked for another. I don't know, 15 million bucks or something this week. Crypto.com. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, boy, it just makes me more and more paranoid. Every, every, you know, 
I had this whole plan where I was going to stake some coins and I did it for a couple months and I was like, I just can't do this. Like to me, it's, it's not worth, uh, the risk. You really are exposing yourself in a completely unnecessary way. Even centralized exchanges. You don't, you just, you don't know what, you don't know what's going on with those coins. And one of the, one of the things that's so revolutionary about true cryptocurrencies is that you can hold it yourself. You don't need to trust these third parties. So, uh, two, two for again, go ahead. And then, uh, I got somebody else, some new coming up. So what's up Twofer? So, yeah. Um, what is the, what are the thoughts on, uh, WBTC and, uh, has any, has anybody, uh, been trying to use that and what is it, so I, I guess there's kind of a, a market maker for that. I'm not really quite sure who um, was was behind the, providing the, I guess, the the market maker, the liquidity for that. I don't know, the swap, the side chain, whatever. And if, if there's maybe what Charlie Lee's thoughts might be on the potential of uh, having a, a similar situation uh, with, with Litecoin, I don't know if there would be any way that uh, with you know the major exchanges, um, if you know whatever large uh, holders of Litecoin might be you know possibly interested in providing some of that liquidity, uh, maybe in exchange for you know a small return, uh, and is there any way that that could you know possibly uh, go towards funding development for Litecoin? Um, and there was another, I had another question about Litecoin development, but I'll just go ahead and hold off on that. Uh, it was a funding related thing. Well, wrapped, so wrapped Bitcoin is, again, from my understanding, somebody can tell me if I'm wrong. It's like, essentially somebody is, um, adding Bitcoin to the Ethereum network, locking it in a smart contract, uh, to make Bitcoin usable on Ethereum chains or you know sub sub chains and protocols and whatever so it is bitcoin it's just kind of locked up I, I would almost look at it as like a layer two solution might be the best way to to see that it just makes bitcoin usable and tradable within the ethereum ecosystem uh there is wrapped litecoin coming uh, Jay, again, since you're here from the foundation, I know they, I think they made an announcement about it, right? Like within the last month. So they, yeah, uh, the, the, the really prolific way to look at WBTC is, is if you look at Grayscale and Grayscale's, you know, basically sells, um, the idea of institutions that can buy, LTCN and WBTC and all these things. And it all came about because owning rep BTC was extremely, had this, you know, great return. Um, so yeah, rap projects are, are kind of exactly what you said. It, it makes Bitcoin interchangeable with an ERC Ethereum uh, scenario. Um, and enables those Bitcoin holders to kind of tokenize their Bitcoin into Ethereum so that they can take advantage of decentralized apps and trade it in decentralized, you know, DeFi kind of ways. Um, Bitcoin, uh, Litecoin has 
a number of different rap projects that are live at the moment that are because Litecoin is so accessible and open source, anybody could come along and just build their own. Um, and those are kind of the names that I mentioned before, like Tron has a rap version on the Tron network and Boring Dow has that rap version into a pool that you can have a return on and um, whatever the other one is that I'm, I'm forgetting, but they, they are out there. There is a, you know, a larger idea where Litecoin could do a, you know, its own kind of rap version. Um, I wouldn't say that there's anything that's public knowledge about where that's going yet or what could happen there. Um, you know, again, the beauty about Litecoin here is that it is very decentralized in nature and the foundation is kind of this this sounding board for projects and and people to 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 include themselves into the community so uh any one of you could go out there and build you know an entire wrapped ecosystem or build something on omnilight and and make it into the next you know tokenized version of whatever kind of solution that you're trying to solve. Uh, and the foundation will be here for you to, to help voice that and make that happen. I try not to rattle on too much, otherwise. No, sorry. I was, I <laughs> was you guys like, all to death. I'm trying to get into, uh, so I have a new, I have, I'm changing, I told you I'm changing jobs. So I'm like reverting back to an old phone and this one, you know, Indigo's mentioned, I'm sitting here with my phone on an ice pack, so I had to go up and get ice pack, so I was muted for a minute, but, uh, yeah, I, I think, I mean, I just don't, what I would tell you is, like, when you look at wrapped Bitcoin, I would only view that as, um, it's just, it's a representation of Bitcoin that's locked up and being used on the Ethereum blockchain. There's nothing, it's not like there's some sort of new it's not anything different than regular Bitcoin. You know, it's paper Bitcoin might be the best way to look at it. Uh, all right. Two people had their hands up. Uh, I'm going to let uh, Henry go first and then two for you've talked about. So Henry, why don't you go ahead? What's up, man? Yeah, I just have a, a hypothetical question about the whole future of Litecoin and uh, what happens when like all the 84 million of the coins are mined and created and then they're all bought up, you know, will the, will the Litecoin itself break or uh, what happens to the future of it? You know, just thinking like long-term. Um, no, it, question it, it goes on. So yeah, the, it, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of an interesting factor. I mean, first of all, if you look at the, the way that it halves, Every four years, it becomes more and more difficult to mine. So it's going to be, you know, like twenty one forty six before all the Litecoin are mined. So it's nothing we'll have to contemplate in our lifetime. Um, but the same factor happens to Bitcoin as well. And if you you kind of look at how it's how the the reward is structured after that. Um, it's still there. It's just built in a different way. Uh, I haven't talked about this in a long time, so I can't, I don't want to just make it up, but 
there is definitely a, a reward incentive that changes um, once mining becomes more difficult. I think it, it I think it kind of has to transition and happen way before the last coins are, are mined. Yeah, I mean this this game. This if you guys want to, just if you're new to us, uh, why Litecoin and I had, we have a podcast on Apple and Spotify. In our first episode, we talk about this a little bit, and um, essentially what it boils down to is there's a security, a cost to securing your transactions, and the market hopefully will determine the accurate cost. I mean, certainly we have a hundred years. None of us are going to be around this happens but over time hopefully the market will determine what is the fair value of determining the security of transacting value across time and space um, with other people and there will be there will be a I mean essentially a competition like what some people will choose to use not Bitcoin some might use Litecoin some might use Lightning um, they could use hard assets, you know, all, all these different things will essentially compete for that transfer of value. And what do you trust? And Litecoin is going to be, you're sacrificing a little bit of, uh, uh, it's, it's a, it's a larger, there's a calculation that goes on, right? Is it less secure than Bitcoin? Uh, technically I would say, yes, it is, but, it's not, it's still infallible. They're both infallible. I think they're both very, very, very secure. So that's a whole, that's a good thought experiment. But if you want to learn more about it, go back and listen to that first episode. Uh, Tufer, what do you got, man? Well, yeah, I mean, if, if you could have a situation where maybe you were um, wanting to, like, say you had the USDC or some stable coin, um, you know, with the MWeb functionality, maybe you, uh, acquired Litecoin, and then if you know once you had your Litecoin, uh, maybe you want to peg in or peg out to MWeb Litecoin, or maybe you want to peg in or peg out to the dollar equivalent of your uh, USDC MWeb coin, uh, which would you know try to drive that transaction value. You know to get those transactions, as the guy was asking about the um, you know what happens when the coins get mined. Well, you know you need to you need to have that block space. You know. Um, represent some value where, where people have an incentive to want to get on that space. I mean, you know, like Ethereum's just gotten ridiculous because, you know, so many people are, you know, doing things with that EVM. Um, and they, and, you know, it's been a, it's kind of been a bit of a curse for them because now they're behind the curve with their scaling and it's causing all kinds of problems. But anyway, I was, uh, my, my main thing was uh, back to the, like the funding and the fundraising, um, I was just curious if there, because there was something I read the other day about uh, Bitcoin. There was some mechanism where I think there was a 501c3 uh, or something where uh, people were able to donate uh, tax-deductible charitable contributions, and somehow some of that would get routed into some uh, uh, funding for Bitcoin development. And I'm just wondering with, you know, MWeb, uh intimately or uh, you know near completion from litecoin if there may be some organizations you know that that kind of um that hold that privacy kind of thing in high regard 
that, that may be, you know, tax charitable uh, uh, organizations, if there may might be some way to create some kind of mechanism where people could get a tax deduction for donating to, you know, some way to funnel that into Litecoin development. So anyway, that's it. Yeah, Jay, you guys are not in the U.S. Um, but yeah, could, could there could be a U.S. 5013C arm of the Litecoin Foundation? Sure. I, I do think the huge, that would be a, uh, personally, I think, I mean, why not, right? If I'm already, particularly in these uh, volatile markets, if people have a massive gain and they can offset some of that by contributing to the foundation, uh, that it just seems like it, it needs to happen, right? So, I yep. mean, maybe I could create a Litecoin Underground 513C and then all proceeds that come to me go to the foundation in some weird way. <laughs> I don't know. But, sure. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how to do that. But, you know, I want to step back and talk about what happens long, long term, right? Once these rewards uh, crap out. Uh, it is interesting because you start thinking about essentially what you're, what we have is limited. The limited resource we have is block, block space, whether it's on Bitcoin, Litecoin, Dogecoin. Um, that is the scarce asset is confirmed transactions on the blockchain. So everything is about how do you maximize the utility of that block space? How do you make the most value for the least amount of block space? And MWeb is a massive development on top of uh, Litecoin. Not, not strictly for the privacy feature. If some of you guys are new to understanding MWeb, it is an extension block. Uh, two to four megabytes my understanding of added block space uh, it's almost flexible based on how many people are using MWeb but that is a, another huge benefit to uh, Mimblewimble because you also are obscuring some of the data inside of your transactions so essentially you're getting again more utility out of the block space so much larger amounts of transactions for the amount of block space uh, at a fraction of the cost of what any other chain is going to do. So that's kind of one of these hidden benefits of Mimblewimble is not only the privacy, but it's the extension block feature of it. 